You're listening to the Beat the Streets National Podcast. And how they can carry out these lessons that they learn through the sport. That's what I love about wrestling. It teaches you to keep grinding. It shapes your character. Unlike any other sport I participated in. And I met a lot of meaningful people. Everything we do is based off education first. It's a safe haven. It's safe for all the kids to come. I feel really, really blessed. And that's when it really started becoming incredibly impactful. We have such inspirational student-athletes that come through our program. All right, everyone, welcome back to the Beat the Streets National Podcast. We are joined today by two very special guests. We are joined by Rich and Gina Perry, who are just such a powerhouse, such an amazing couple. I mean, the two of them together are just just incredible people. And we're going to get into Rich's story of, of triumph and recovery over a, a tragic accident that occurred to him. I mean, it's it's something that it's impossible to not be inspired by Rich's story of perseverance and willpower. And he's just such an amazing guy. And Gina really just brings such an energy and enthusiasm. I, I just, it's, it's contagious. And so there's actually an announcement we have to make since we recorded this episode. Gina has since become the director of communications and development for beat the streets national and we really are, are so lucky to have her we couldn't be happier she just brings as i said this enthusiasm and passion for helping other people and it comes off in everything that she says and so like i said the two of them together are just so amazing and uh, I, I can't wait for you to hear their story today and so without further ado let's get to the episode I'm so excited to speak to you guys. It, it's just so exciting. You've been such an integral part of the the Beat the Streets family and the story. And I know you guys have have such a great story to share yourselves. And uh, so, yeah, welcome to the show. Thanks for having us. We're very excited to be on. Super excited. Yeah. And so, you know, you guys are, you know, we don't usually have two people on at the same time, but you guys are such a team. It seems like you guys just work together on everything and are, are just this unit and together you guys are just unstoppable. You guys just really have this kind of th this force of nature between you guys. That is like the biggest compliment <laughs> I think we've ever received. Um, I love that. We will totally claim that. Yeah. I think we definitely work better together. Uh, we both have our weaknesses and our strengths and we definitely um, bounce back and forth off of each other we balance each other out i guess that's a great way to put it and you're not just a team the two of you. you got four kids there as well so you guys are uh, you got a little wrestling team going on there already huh yeah we're outnumbered which is like scary to think of <laughs> <laughs> that you might hear the kids in the background so if you hear any screaming that's that's them <laughs> well, well they can participate in the podcast too you know i'm just so grateful that you found the time i mean between everything going on and then four young ones in the house uh, to speak with us today. So yeah, thanks again for joining us and talking about the Beat the Streets mission, which I think is something that is very important to you guys. You've done so much to support the mission. And so talk about what it is about the Beat the Streets mission that really drew you guys in. Um, so Beat the Streets for me, I remember when Rich started at the Pennsylvania Regional Training Center in Philadelphia. And part of that role as a full-time resident athlete there was also working with Beat the Street. And I remember I was actually jealous because that was something that the program, the organization is just something that 
I mean, I've seen on countless movies, right? And where I wanted to be an English teacher and I wanted to work with this inner city youth and help these kids realize their full potential and and help them out of these cycles of poverty, these cycles of just untapped in potential. And then I hear Rich gets to do this, right? Like he's going to be working with these kids, teaching them wrestling. Yes. But also teaching them how wrestling can be applied to their life and how they can carry out these lessons that they learn through the sport in life. That's going to touch generations to come. And I just remember being super jealous. Like I want that opportunity and lo and behold, you know, fast forward a few years and now here I am working with beat the streets. So it's been pretty cool. The mission obviously to help the underserved youth holds near and dear to our heart because rich was a part of that you know, and I grew up in North Miami beach and a large majority of my friends, that was their reality. They were going home to single parent homes. They were facing things that I didn't have to face, whether that be poverty or just violence, um, all of these issues and things that a lot of us take for granted that we're not put in those situations and they have to go to school and get their education and go home and, and live in this reality that for a lot of us, it's something we could never imagine. So yeah, that's why I think it holds near and dear for us, Rich. Um. (laughs) Yeah, it holds near and dear for me because like Gina said, you know, I grew up in the same kind of system, single parent household. We were struggling when I was younger. Me and my brother, I look look up to my brother as like my father because my father wasn't in the picture. My mom raised me and my brother and he's a major part of my life. So yeah, so once I was able to understand the Pete the Streets Philadelphia and have that opportunity to tap into that and to help the youth, it was really important to me to try and help steer some of those young athletes in a better direction than they're already in. So that was really important for me. Yeah, I mean, and there are obviously so many different ways you can mentor and uh, Im- impact people's lives. And Rich, it sounds like, you know, you had mentors growing up and now you're, you're helping mentor kids and, you know, and using wrestling as kind of a vehicle to have that impact. And Rich, I was wondering if you could kind of talk about how wrestling impacted your life. I mean, from, from, from an early age, you know, the, uh, the role of mentors. And uh, I know you got kind of a late start in wrestling. So that's actually an interesting thing as well, because a lot of these beat the streets youth also kind of, you know, start a little bit later in middle school, high school. There's this kind of myth that you have to start wrestling when you're like five years old to be a, to be a, a world champ or whatever. And you are someone who start you started as a, as a junior in high school, I believe. And so, yeah, yep. yeah that's crazy. And so, you know, talk about how wrestling kind of helped shape your life as a young adult. Yeah. So wrestling helped shape my life as a young adult. Like Gina said, all those values that wrestling that wrestling taught me in the wrestling room, I was able to apply them outside of the wrestling room. Again, so accountability is a major thing, I would say. So I was able to surround myself with guys who were like-minded, you know, who had a goal in mind, and we were on the same path, like holding each other accountable, working towards that same goal. And that, that allowed me to focus on that goal and really have the opportunity to achieve it and see my teammates doing the same thing. And that just really pushed me to push myself harder. And I would say my coach, Mark Fong, he was like a mentor to me. He 
was he was also my my freshman year football coach and after the football season he was he invited me to come out to wrestling it was like you should try wrestling and I was like locked in on football and I was like no I'm okay I'm gonna go NFL playing football and I appreciate the offer but he was a very persistent and every time I saw him he brought up you should try wrestling and really help your football he gave me you know all these different reasons why it'd be good for me and I kept you know blowing them off and and I just told them, I think it was my beginning of my sophomore year, if you stop asking me to try out for wrestling, I'll try it out as a junior. And he was like, okay. So, and I saw him often in the hallways and stuff and at practices and at football practices. So every time I saw him, I was waiting for him to ask about wrestling, ask me to come out to wrestling. But again, he never did. Fast forward a year, end of the football season, we're doing like open mats. And he was like, hey, we're having open mats this week. If you want to come out on Tuesday, open mats. And I was like, confused. Like, what are you talking about? And then he reminded me about, you know, my wager I made with him uh, about coming out my junior year. So I was like, okay. So I came out as a junior and I saw, again, the room was full of my football teammates. So I was like, okay, this is a comfortable environment. As my friends are here from a different sport. So maybe I'll try this out. And I tried it out and I would say after that, it just like clicked. And I would say I had success as a junior, first year junior, and it led up to my senior year where I, I was like, all right, if I really buy into training full time, training all the time, not just during the season, that I could be really good. So I that summer of my senior year, I went to a wrestling camp in Edinburgh and that really helped me push my wrestling to a next level where I was able to win a state championship as a senior. And um, that allowed me to really, I think, really see that all this time I'm putting in is really paying off and that it's important to the actual working all year round work is very important. So I applied to colleges and I wasn't getting like looks like I wanted to because again, my previous, my freshman and sophomore year, I wasn't doing as good academically as I should have been. And um, so I ended up going to a postgraduate school and there I wrestled again for another year as a high school kid, high school student. And I ended up winning another state title there. And I ended up, I was able to place third at prep nationals. And then I applied to a bunch of different colleges and I reached out to one college in particular, Bloomsburg and the coach called me back like 15 minutes after I reached out to him and, and I, I was a walk on there. So I had to hurt my way on the team and I did that. And I was fighting, you know, tooth and nail to make sure I was a guy on that team who the team could rely on and count on. And that's kind of my wrestling story up until, and I, after college, I signed on to PRTC and that's where I'm at now. Yeah. And, you know, it's so inspirational as we keep talking about the, the role of mentors and, and having a kind of example to follow. And so I imagine when you're talking to these students now, you know, and you say, you know, like, listen, I started as a junior and now you're a, you're a world-class athlete. And so it, it's so inspirational that you can set that example for the, uh, for the youth and kind of show them with a little determination. I mean, how did you, how were you able to jump levels so quickly, you know, like walking on to Bloomsburg and everything. And now you're uh, like I said, a, a world-class athlete. Um, I would say the 
it just got to, it's important to, to, to be surrounded by great co- like good coaches, coaches who are invested in you as not, not just an athlete, but a person who are invested in you as a whole person, not just the athlete who are making sure you're going to school and you're around the right group of kids. And I think that's the biggest part and making sure you're doing extra work all the time. Because I know I wouldn't have been able to catch a lot of the guys who I would I lost to as a junior. I wouldn't be able to catch those guys my senior year if I wasn't doing the summer practices, the summer workouts. So that allowed me that allowed me to close the gap on those guys and just understanding that I am new to the sport, but not <clears throat> but not letting that that me be new to the sport be the reason why I'm not succeeding. Just really working very hard and making every practice count. And understand that there's going to be times where I don't wrestle well and times where I do wrestle well. But again, I'm not going to hold either one to any high standard. Just really keep my head down and work, focus on working and have fun while I'm doing it. It's important to have fun because if you don't enjoy it, then what are you doing it for, you know? Yeah, obviously. that's. I think that's one of the biggest lessons and one of the most important things, just to have fun. And if you kind of have fun, the rest of it follows, having that passion. And yeah, it's just so, you know, you're from Connecticut. I'm from Massachusetts. So we got some uh, New England boys oh, here. Oh, New England, let's go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's Even that alone is improbable, right? I mean, New England wrestling, definitely on the rise and definitely growing. But uh, we don't have as much representation at the at the D1 level. And so even coming from from Connecticut, from, from Massachusetts here, uh, it's, a, it's, it's a small, it's a small club of us. Yeah, it's a very small club. And you understand, like, the uphill battle it is. Like, coming from not a strong wrestling state. I remember as a postgraduate, I was wrestling at Nationals. And I shot a high crotch on the guy I'm wrestling, who was Joe McMullen. Ended up winning it that year. I shot a high crotch, and he sat the corner. And I'm like, what is this guy doing? Like, I've never, I never experienced that before <laughs> because out of Connecticut, no one's sitting in the corner to defend their shots. So he sat the corner and he's like scooting, scooting, scooting. And he gets the two points off of my shot. I'm just like so confused. Like what just happened? He ended, he ended up winning that match five to three, but I was just like so confused. But again, that was just one of those learning curves, you know, like you wrestle, you know, you wrestle and you keep learning every, with every match and every position. I think it's actually interesting kind of tying that in with beat the streets. Like, you know, growing up in new England, there was a lot of high schools where like the wrestling coach had maybe just wrestled a year or two, or, you know, they were the football coach and then also just kind of did the wrestling coach. So they didn't have uh, a lot of wrestlers don't have access to the the technique and the, the upper level coaching and everything like that. And you realize how much untapped potential, how many top athletes, how many rich Perry's out there are, you know, studs who just didn't have access to that but you found a way you know you you found a way to exceed at that level and i think to tie it back in with beat the streets you have uh these guys from philadelphia who you know previously there was no wrestling program you know philadelphia chicago la whatever it is these inner city youth who didn't have these opportunities before and now they're having access to these high level coaches to, to mentoring. And so, yeah, it's pretty cool to see the, uh, the potential unlocked in, in some of these, some of these kids. And I'm, I'm sure you've seen some really inspirational stories uh, in your time there. Oh yeah, definitely. I have. And I feel it's important for coaches to, to be persistent and not give up on these kids. 
they need accountability, they need guidance, they need an opportunity to learn how to tap in to their to their potential, which I think is very important. I know like for my coach, he was persistent. He persisted after me and every time I saw him, he was bringing it up. So again, that persistent paid off, that persistence paid off for both of us. Cause like we ended up winning state title for two years in a row and I ended up winning a state title also, but you know, that persistence definitely paid off. And I'm not, I look where I'm at now. I'm training full-time for wrestling. You know, wrestling is my job. It pays my bills and it helps me support my family. So I think these kids have the opportunity to, you know, have some of this success too if they really just have coaches who are persistent and, you know, don't hold them accountable and understand that, yeah, they come from struggling areas, but that's no reason not to hold them to a high standard. Struggle well. That's one of our core values of the PRTC is struggle well. Again, like wrestling is a struggle. You know, to struggle to, to, to struggle is to wrestle. You have to struggle well. Whatever you're going through, you have to struggle well. You have to fail fail forward, you know? Man, yeah, I just got chills hearing that. You know, struggle well and, you know, going along with the theme of persistence, I was wondering if you could run some of our listeners through your personal journey, your injury and what happened and, and how you overcame it. I think, I mean, it's one of the most inspirational stories I've ever heard. Yeah. So 2018, I made my first national team, which that just means that USA wrestling requires me to be at all the national, the national level of training camps. So I made my first national team in 2018 and my first training camp was in San Diego, California on a military base called Camp Pendleton. We were cross-training with the military to kind of like show common, we have common mentalities, like our, we're more alike than we are different. So they put us through a bunch of their, like uh, a bunch of their different exercises and, you know, things they do. And, you know, we had them do some of the practices with us, wrestling practices. And one of the exercises that we were doing was hand-to-hand combat simulation. simulation. And, we were simulating what it's like to be in hand-to-hand combat with a baton and they gave us gear and one thing led to another and I got stabbed in the face with the baton. The baton's like covered, it's a, a plastic bar covered in foam and the person I was going with stabbed me in the eye with the baton through my face mask. So that um, resulted in me fracturing my orbital bone and then my bone going into my brain so I had brain damage. And then a few days later, I had a seizure, which caused paralysis on my left side. Wow. Well, he was actually, so the injury, when it initially happened, he um, fell back so hard that it actually caused a stroke and that caused paralysis. The seizure caused him to go into like a coma. So he was in a vegetative state for a long time, a little over a month. I have to jump in here because Rich doesn't remember this part. Yeah, I can't even imagine. Yeah, Yeah, he was in a a vegetative state. So he literally was paralyzed and unresponsive for about a month of time before he was able to have brain surgery. And then we flew back to Philadelphia where he received treatment and all types of therapy, physical therapy, cognitive therapy, speech therapy. Um, He basically had to relearn how to walk, uh, how to talk, how to eat, how to brush his teeth, how to get dressed, all of these things. You know, he, when he left on that trip, he was 
senior level athlete ready to take the world stage and be Jordan Burroughs training partner for the world championships. And then he came home and at the time we had a five month old son and it was basically like he was the equivalent to the five month old that we had. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people, they think, you know, traumatic brain injury with wrestling, you associate it with just, and I don't say just and take it lightly, but a concussion, you know, Um, but it was far more than that. They had to reconstruct his orbital bone and then the brain damage. He actually, they said there was like less than a 10% chance that he would ever leave the hospital. And if he did leave the hospital, that he would leave it in a hospital bed. So the fact that this man is taking a train to Philadelphia to train at the same, with the same organization that he was with prior, you know, and, and now he's able to sit here and talk to you. Right. Yeah. And share what he's been through. It's just, I mean, that's all God. And it's, it's just amazing to me to sit here and just watch him talk to you and listen to you. It's, it's incredible, but it didn't stop there. It's been a fight every day. I think, you know, He's still overcoming obstacles and and overcoming struggles, but he does it with a smile on his face. And I think that's what you find a lot with wrestlers, right? Like they love that struggle. They embrace it. Um, And I think that's why beat the streets can do so much for so many, because these are youth who are facing circumstances that they didn't choose to be put into just like rich didn't choose to be thrown into this, you know, this injury. He didn't, he didn't choose to have, the brain damage happen and, and try to overcome this, but it happens. These things happen and you can either struggle well, embrace the struggle and the obstacles and, and overcome them, or you can sit and wallow in that sadness. Right. So we're choosing to embrace it and to struggle forward and continue to overcome whatever comes our way. Wow. I'm, I'm, emotional just listening to this this story i can't imagine the ordeal you went through and yeah that lesson of struggling well and and persistence and rich you know i know we're all so so proud of, of everything you've done and the recovery and the re- resilience and your your fighting spirit you, you're definitely able to take some of those lessons from the wrestling world and yeah i'm happy that you're you're back uh killing it again and so you know, one thing that I, I love to ask people on this podcast is about the sense of community and the, the community of Beat the Streets and the wrestling community. And, you know, I always get really good answers, but I, I just imagine that the ordeal you and your family went through and the kind of rallying, I remember the whole wrestling community kind of rallying around you. And so what was it like to get that support from the community? Oh, it was amazing. I would say the support really helped motivate me and keep me like focused, like locked in on making sure I'm doing everything I possibly can to get back to, to be able to walk out of the hospital. Cause my goal in the beginning was I'm walking out of this hospital unassisted. And you know, I got letters from beat the street, beat the street kids. And I post my wife helped me post them on in my room and the supportive community really like helped me stay focused on the goal at hand. Like each day take ground on, you know, being able to lift my arm up, you know, being able to to stand up out of my wheelchair. Cause I was in a wheelchair for a long time, being able to stand up and being able to like walk and really helped me 
stay focused on doing all those things, but, you know, not just doing them, having a purpose, doing them with a purpose, you know, doing all my trainings and all my exercising as hard as I possibly could. And if giving full effort in, in every situation and every, every physical therapy, every speech therapy, really trying my best to give full effort. Again, another PRTC value, full effort and all that we can do. It was amazing to watch because, so we live in Lancaster, which is an hour and a half from Philadelphia where Rich was in the inpatient facility. And it was just so amazing to have the support from the Philadelphia wrestling community and the wrestling community around the world, really. I mean, we had people pouring in from states that we've never even visited before. But what really blew my mind was that people, you know, Ben Ryder came and visited Rich. He brought tons of letters from athletes that Rich had, get emotional, that Rich had helped at Beat the Streets, that he coached at Beat the Streets. And they wrote him letters just telling him to keep fighting, right? To to make it back to the mat, that they're they're thinking of him and they hope that he's doing okay. Um, and we posted those all along the room, all along the wall. We had another teammate of Rich's, Dan Valamont at the time, his mom, she had um, student athletes that wrote from her school and same thing, just posting all these letters and these notes. So when I wasn't there with Rich, when the kids weren't there with him, um, it was really the wrestling community that was rallying behind him and really pushing him and motivating him and encouraging him, which if you look at just brain trauma and the success rate of overall brain health and improvement, a lot of that is determined or based on the support, the emotional support and needs being met. And also just having this overall sense of positivity, you have to pour into these people with love and grace and just continue to push them forward and don't let them wallow in sorrow because some days were dark and some days were hard. And that that's when I feel like the wrestling community really, really came around us and really lifted us up. And I just thought it was awesome, you know, beat the streets, Drexel, Penn, they all had athletes come in and they would sit with Rich during his speech therapy, during his physical therapy, during, you know, so he's sitting there trying to learn how to stand up again. And he's having his teammates and he's having these student athletes uh, cheer him on and encourage him. And it was just such a beautiful time, despite all the chaos around it if that makes sense yeah i I mean that is just amazing to hear the community rallying around and it's so important and it's it's important for the for everyone and for the the athletes for the student athletes the sense of community and for rich recovering from this traumatic injury and i think one of the things that's interesting that you highlight is, you know, a lot of people on these uh, podcasts talk about how mentoring is kind of a two-way street. I've, I've had a lot of people on here talk about how when they mentor the kids, they get something back and it motivates them. And I think this is like a more crystallized, the, the, the best example I've ever heard of, you know, Rich, you've, you've helped motivate and inspire these kids. And then when you needed it, they helped inspire you. And that is just such a, beautiful thing and that's what the the beat the streets family is really all about yeah that is so beautiful to think about it like that yeah and and so 
you know, now you're working with Beat the Streets, uh, both of you. And so you're able to kind of give back and, and really help these these athletes. And, you know, talk about some of the uh, some of the, the the programs you've worked with, the mentoring and the initiatives you guys have helped out with. So the Gear Up campaign, which happened last, I would say, fall and winter, um, was really something special. When I heard about that, I, I wanted to jump on board. Um, and really just give these kids the opportunity to have the gear they needed to step into the season full confidence. And I think that that was probably my first initial hand in Beat the Streets. Um, So I just spread the word and helped push for that. Um, And in doing so, I was able to connect with several athletes who now I am following their stories because they have overcome so much in their life. They've accomplished so much in their life and it's all accredited to beat the streets and the opportunity that it's given them. These are the same kids, you know, that rich would come home from after doing a beat the streets practice and tell me, you know, he helped drive one to their house and, and it's all boarded up and, and they're going into this dark home and, you know, but it's the same kid that year, two years down the road, now they're, they're just vibrant and they're bright and they're excited about their future. And they're maybe going home to the same house with no, you know, doors or windows, but at the same time, they have this sense of purpose and they have this sense of drive and they see that they have this potential to break these cycles of poverty. Um, and I just think that is so powerful and such it's beautiful really. And that's definitely something I want to be more involved with. So my goal now is to just spread the word about beat the streets. I want to literally tell the world about what they're doing, um, what we are doing and how it has the ability to change lives. And these lives are going to change generations to come. It's going to change entire communities. If we can just get the word out there. Yeah. And Gina, the, uh, the gear up campaign, just for those listening, you know, is raising money to, to provide shoes, uh, workout gear, headgear and everything for beat the streets athletes across the country. And as we were talking about before, you know, it, it seems like a simple thing, but allowing participation, allowing these kids giving the opportunities, you know, it, without these basic needs, you know, some things that, you know, a lot of wrestlers across the country take for granted, right. That you just have shoes and and workout gear and, and mats and all this stuff. And so, yeah, like having that initiative and thank you so much for your, your help with that. It was, it was a big bonus to have so many people in the community helping out and helping provide these opportunities for, for countless youth. And, you know, you never know what might be the next Rich Perry, Jordan Burr. You, you never know who you're impacting with these initiatives. So it's, it's amazing to be able to provide that. Yeah, it's absolutely, it's incredible because these kids, they have so much potential and, and just to be able to play a small part, right. To just let them see it. Right. And just have that accountability and have that belief in them. I think that's so incredible. And so that's how I got started in it. Rich got started um, in 2015, right. Mm -hmm. Uh, When he started with the PRTC and do you want to talk a little bit about what you would do? I would, I would help with the practice. I would help run practices for Belmont for um, a bunch of different places. And again, like I said before, I, I can relate to these guys. So like, I, or these kids. So I understood, I understood where they were coming from and what they were trying to do. They're trying to change their, 
their future. They're trying to change their trajectory in their life. So, you know, I was helping with a bunch of different schools and I think it really, really was great and running practices for a bunch of different schools and speaking in engagements and really pouring into these kids. And they were, they were actually, you know, really helping me too, because like, I think helping them out was helping me, you know, helping me realize this is where, this is like where I came from. So it kind of like lit a fire in me, the relit a fire in me to like, remember where you came from, remember where you started, look where you are now, you know, keep going and keep, keep giving full effort. And, and so what does it look like when you kind of mentor these kids? What, what kind of lessons do you try to impart on them? Try to impart on them that, you know, things may not always go as planned, but there's always something positive you can take away from any situation, whether it's a lesson, you can take out something positive from every situation you're in and you can, you know, you can gain knowledge, you can gain experience. And if that's all you get out of it, that's okay. And then once you get all you get out of it, then you kind of move forward. You don't dwell on it. You don't, you know, you don't let it make, let it like bring you to a negative place. You kind of just, you know, move forward and you go to the next thing. Just kind of having a short memory with things like, like, for example, like matches, you know, you may wrestle someone who's better than you and they may beat you, but like what positives can you take from the match away? Maybe you got to the leg one time. Maybe you scored a point. Maybe you got a takedown. But again, those are all positive things. And if you keep tallying up those positive things, you'll you'll see you start closing the gap on these on these other athletes, and it really can show you you're making progress. You know, things you are doing are paying off, and it's really you got to keep your head in the game and keep training hard and keep your academics where they need to be at, getting good grades, and you know, stay focused because that focus will pay off in the end. And, you know, what are, what are some of your kind of proudest moments and some of the, the big, you know, milestones or, or, or achievements or improvements that you've seen in these kids as you, I'm sure, you know, since 2015, so you've seen kids develop and you've seen them grow into young adults from teenagers and grow and, and mature in different ways. Yeah, I would say my proudest moments is like, not even on the wrestling mat, it's just like seeing them be able to like, handle conflict or handle like situations and being able to like just push like stay the course and just get through them and not waver their dreams or their hopes and not let one bad situation kind of knock them off the path i've seen that a lot and it's usually with the, the older group where you see the young they were younger they were kind of they're kind of bouncing around and now they're focused and they're determined and they're they're really hard to like move off the path like move off the trail to their goals I would say those are the biggest things I've seen that make me very proud. Amazing. And so it's been so inspirational hearing everything you guys have been through and the the positive mentality and, you know, just looking forward, what are some of your goals, both with, with Beat the Streets, personally, on, off the mat, any anything like that? What are some goals for the future? My goal, I would say for the future, is to get back on the mat and compete again. I want to I'm going to get back on the mat and compete again. I'll be capable to do that soon. Um, just got to keep training. Like I said before, focus on the goal and keep just chipping away, getting closer and closer to the goal. My goal for the Beat the Streets kids is to, for them to realize that they have they are valued and we value them and we care for them and that they are important to us and they should feel important to themselves too. And Gina? So my goal with Beat the Streets, I want to, I would love 
And I know it's going to happen to see Beat the Streets in every single state. Um, this is an organization that, like I said, it changes generations, it changes families, it changes entire communities. And I wholeheartedly believe that using wrestling to help these kids navigate life will change the world. It's going to give so many kids opportunities that they didn't even know were out there until we present those opportunities to them. And so that's my goal. I want as many people as possible to know about this program, to participate in this program and to pour into this program. This sport is unlike, I don't come from a wrestling background. Nobody in my family wrestled. So to see this come into the sport so late in life, but have a husband who I've been able to experience what he's experienced. It's just been incredible to hear about how this sport has impacted him. And he's one person. And if we can do that for one child, just imagine what we can do on like a larger scale, right? Like that's the whole point of Beat the Streets National is to make sure that it's happening time and time again, consistently, chapter after chapter after chapter. And I think that's my goal. I want to see it in every state. Yeah, that's amazing. I mean, we've seen in our limited time with the sport in our lives, we've seen Beat the Streets grow from just a seed to now it's it's across the country. And and like you said, Gina, I'm totally with you. I would love to see it. When you see the stories, when you when you hear the stories, when I hear the stories on this podcast, when I see the stories, I just it's so overwhelming in a good way that so many lives are impacted. And yet that would be my wish as well, that every city has a chance to to have these opportunities. Every every student athlete has these opportunities. And so yeah, I I too. And I, I think Beat the Streets National, I think Ben is is doing a great job pushing that and, you know, and bringing all the communities together. And we just had the uh, Beat the Streets duels out in Chicago. And it's just, it's really exciting for me for the future to see what, uh, what comes next. Yeah, absolutely. They're just getting started, right? Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, do you guys have any any final messages to the Beat the Streets community and to your fans, supporters, the family, anyone out there? I think our biggest message to the wrestling community as a whole and Beat the Streets um, is just thank you. Thank you for continuously pouring into our family. Now it's our turn to pour into you. And that's what we want to do. We want to share our story. We want to spread hope. We want to spread joy, right? We want to be there to support you guys. Like you guys have continuously supported our family at our darkest moment um, because it meant the world to us and it still means so much to us now. And so thank you. Yeah. I would just say, like Gita said, like, thank you. We really appreciate all you guys have done for us and we would love an opportunity to do the same for you guys, to be there for you guys even more than we are now and continue to spread the word of beat the streets around the country and even the world. I think Beat the Streets is like, it's a worldwide thing. I think it can go worldwide. So I'll just continue to spread the word and we will do our best to do that. Well, thank you so much for coming on today and sharing your story. I mean, there were so many times that I had chills, goosebumps all over my arms hearing it. And um, it's so moving, so inspirational. And I hope everyone listens to this and gets that inspiration they need. It definitely pumped me up hearing your story of, of resilience and and just that sense of giving back to the community. So again, thank you so much for coming on today. And uh, it was really great speaking with you. Thank you for having us. We really appreciate you. Yeah, thank you. 
seriously, how amazing are they? This is one of those episodes where at the beginning in the intro, I really hyped them up, but I didn't even have to worry about it being anything but a spectacular talk with them. So yeah, uh, thanks to Rich and Gina so much. I mean, you guys are, are just, like I said at the beginning, just a, a powerhouse. And I hope you enjoyed this episode, you listeners out there. If you're inspired by people like them, please consider making a financial contribution. You can find out more info on beatthestreets.org. You can find us on social media at Beat the Streets National. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. You can subscribe to our newsletter on the website and follow for updates. We're going to bring you so many more stories. There are so many incredible people in the Beat the Streets community that I look forward to sharing them with you all. So uh, we'll see you next time.